Welcome to the Think Funny Podcast. This is Aaron Donnelly. I'm here with my co-host, Nate Sadler. Hey, everybody. <laughs> and Matt Donnelly. Hi, guys. <laughs> very and today, yeah, And today, on the very special Think Funny Podcast program, we are going to be covering the moon landing, specifically the possibility of a moon landing hoax. And I think it was my idea to cover this. It's obviously the 50th anniversary uh, of the moon landing, or or hoaxed moon landing. Nate, you seem to be interested in this. I'm not saying I believe in the hoax, but I'm saying a lot of the evidence is pretty solid for the people who believe it was a hoax. And I think that the moon land, the hoax conspiracy theorists picked the wrong enemy on this one because they picked NASA. I keep saying Nassau. NASA. I think they moved NASA to the Bahamas and <laughs> renamed it Nassau. So I think you're good. Yeah. They picked NASA, which is full of science nerds, which are very adamant about proving science. I looked up the percentages of of conspiracy theories that people believe in, and this one's actually pretty low. It's like 6% of people actually believe. That seems way too low. Was that on NASA's website? (laughs) (laughs) People pulled around the NASA offices. That's in America. So if you go to uh, Britain or Russia, the percentage of people that believe we faked the moon landing is like 25%. So it jumps a lot depending on where you are. So Nate, what are some what are some of the big ones, the issues with the moon landing that you see? The, the ones I kind of hang my hat on or are... NASA has the ability to take photos of the landing site and easily disprove it, and they don't. You know, if if they can post those pictures of the landing site, then do it, and then it's a uh, case closed, right? So why not just it's do it? It's there. I saw it. I saw it today on YouTube. They've done it. It's uh, there's a satellite that they have, and they've you can zoom in and see it in actually almost three dimensions. The landing site. Did that just Great. happen? Now we got a six minute podcast. Good job. <laughs> Was that uh, posted today, like this afternoon, within the hour? Damn you, know, NASA! <laughs> you can see the landing site. You can see what they call the astronauts' trail. I think is. I don't know if it's where they walked or if it's where the thing kind of dragged as it was landing. I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but I, would I don't know say if it's NASA. The counter to that yeah. would be that the photos are fake. Those photos are faked. Yeah, those are fake too. Those yeah. are fake. They're part of the conspiracy. I'll let you guys go over some of the other points. My biggest one is, you know, they theorize that if humans would pass through the Van Allen belt, you know, the radiation belt that, you know, protects the earth from like solar flares and stuff, that it would either kill a human or uh, make them very sick because all the missions prior to the moon landing were beneath the Van Allen belt. So they were not exposed to those levels of radiation. And that's why Russia never, they, they've said they never had any plans to land on the moon because they knew the risks of passing through the Van Allen belt. Well, I understand, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the sun gives off um, radiation. The sun is essentially thermonuclear you know, bombs going off constantly. It gives off radiation. The Earth's poles attract those subatomic particles and that has formed these belts around the earth of radiation so they're sort of attracted to the earth and they sort of create these belts now the belts are smaller there's three belts and i think one is less deadly and two is more deadly or something like that and i think they're smaller around certain areas of the earth like the poles and maybe that's 
And I believe that's why we get the northern lights, because it's essentially that same activity. It's just that you can see it. Now, I can give you what NASA says about Van Allen belts, is that there's certain parts of the Van Allen belts that are more deadly, more toxic than others, but the parts that they, they traveled through and the amount of time that they were traveling through those belts was only like two and a half hours one way, two and a half hours back. The uh, astronauts carried radiation detectors on them, on their suits. The amount of radiation that they came home with was about was less than a year of working at a nuclear facility. So it's different. Radiation works in different ways, and there's different levels of intensity of that radiation. They did have shielding on the uh, uh, shuttle as well that blocks some of it. So why is it when you go to the dentist, they make you put on a lead cape? And you're yeah. traveling through the radiation-laden Van Allen belt, and you're wearing uh, an aluminum tinfoil suit. <laughs> I know. Answer me that. I had heard it. I'm a, I only heard it one spot, but when... Buzz Aldrin left the shuttle or left the landing thing mm-hmm. and Neil was already outside. That there's they didn't put a handle on the door on the outside. So if he would have shut the door, they would have been stuck out there. It'd be like looking through your car and seeing the keys uh, in the car. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine spending forty billion dollars and all the forty you know, forty thousand people and forty billion dollars back in the sixties and then they forget to put a door handle on there? Yeah, yeah. It's the equivalent of my old truck that didn't have any door handles. Uh, that would make you uh, the window and they could see the keys in there too. They're like, Oh, damn it. It's like got a rabbit's foot on it. That'd make for an interesting movie. It'd be kinda anticlimactic. <laughs> What if you left your keys on the moon? Yeah, you like get back and do that pat down thing. It was either me or you, Aaron, that wrote about uh, like Sir Edmund Hillary climbing Mount yeah. Everest and leaving his keys up there. And they get back to the car and they're like doing the pat down. Like, have you, do you have the keys? And they look back up at the mountain. They also left a bunch of stuff on the moon. Like, there's 96 bags of poop on the moon from uh, the astronauts. Did they at least put in baggies? Like your dog? It's like in the doggy. But you see him bend down and like have the bag wrapped around his hand, and then he. Or I would have loved it if if Neil would have fallen off the ladder and been like, "Whoa!" as he fell down. That would have been awesome. Or I always thought like. Like people used to think the moon was made out of cheese. Maybe like have him have him hold a piece of cheese up mm-hmm. and shrug. You guys ever want to go to space camp? <laughs> yeah, because uh, what was the movie? There was a movie in the eighties that was about space camp, but I, I remember it was uh, you could go future. to it. It was in it was in Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah. And I, I, I just remember thinking, like, you can be a nerd and, and kind of grow out of it and become, like, uh, normal. But if you went to space camp, like, there's no coming back from that. That's always, <laughs> like, that's always on you. It's the scarlet it's, letter. It's The stink is baked in of murdery <laughs> if you went through space camp. You have to, I think you have to put it on your resume. <laughs> you have to. Like a federal crime. Yeah. 
you know, the, the one thing that keeps going through my mind uh, about why I think it's a hoax is why haven't we been back? Why, why haven't we yes. uh, landed in 50 years? Why haven't we done it? And I'm thinking, well, how did in the world did they do it 50 years ago? when they had computers that probably run the same speed as like my cell phone. That's what everyone, you, hear, you know how many times you've heard that if you research this? Yes. The the thing is, has your smartphone has more <laughs> computing power. <laughs> That's like so common. Reference. Well, I have a, tra- I have a track phone, so I don't, mine doesn't, but yours probably <laughs> does. It actually has less. <laughs> <laughs> Why uh, was there no blast crater? There's no blast crater in any of the pictures. Um, right. There's never been any photographic proof of the blast crater. If, at least according to NASA, when the, when it landed, it was significantly slowed down, and it it kind of been hovering over the surface. The gravity, as it's the weight of the thing, was is very heavy, but spaced out. Um, it wasn't that much of an impact. It's equivalent to the footprint impact of one guy standing on one leg is what they're saying. Okay. There is some, in some photos, you can see dust kicking up or dust or moon dust having been moved. That was one that really bothered me, actually. If I could name one that would, it's like you zoom in on those pictures and it looks like they just like built it there, like it didn't land. The flag waving is another yes. one that people come up to. Um, NASA's explanation for that is that that it doesn't actually wave. Like when the guy wa- when an astronaut walks by it, there's no movement on the flag. The flag does wave when they're moving the pole that the flag is stand is on. So the flag is not on a straight up and down pole. It's on an L, like an upside down L pole, because mm-hmm. they didn't want the flag to just drop. They wanted it to actually hang. And so they unrolled it, and it had some crinkles in it that created this look, wavy look. Um, and then when they put it up, they shaked that pole, and that caused it to look like it was waving. But after that, even when they walked by it, nothing moved on the flag. It was just there. They've said something about, with all the pictures, some of them, there's like a like a bullseye to kind of center Crosshair. mark the pictures. And on some of them, mm-hmm. things are inside the bullseye, and sometimes they're outside the bullseye. So sometimes those are cropped or rotated for aesthetic impact. Mm-hmm. The crosshairs sometimes look like they're in behind an image rather than in front of a, a thing. Um, that's caused by bleed in the white areas of a picture. Like there's one where people claim the crosshair is behind the flag, but it, it looks like it's behind the flag, but when you look at the original and you zoom in, you can see that it's actually in front of the flag, but there's bleed happening with the white of the flag, which looking washing out the crosshair, making it look like it's behind the flag. Because if there's you do t- if you do look at the pictures, I mean you can see what they're talking about. You yes. Know. Yep. It totally looks like the crosshairs are behind it. Another one is that there's a rock with this letter C on it. So there's a rock and it looks like a prop because there's this like perfect letter C that's on the rock. And NASA claims that that pic- that C is not on the original. It's a hair that got into the uh, picture developing pr- process at some point. It's a hair, like a curled little curly hair. <laughs> it got stuck. <laughs> One of Buzz-, Buzz Aldrin's hairs, apparently. Another one of the big ones for me is uh, they like to say because there's no stars in any of the pictures. Yes. There's that one, and then there's the shade issue. Uh-huh. So... There's the famous picture of Buzz coming down the stairs, and the sun is on the other side of the unit, 
and there's a shadow being cast. You know, basically the sun is on the against the front of the unit, and it's casting the shadow behind Buzz, and he's in the shadows technically. The issue with that is that there's reflection, and actually they recreated this exactly. Uh, science, some scientists did reflection off of the the moon itself, and reflection off of uh, Neil Armstrong's suit. And the reflection off of Neil Armstrong's suit is casting a reflection onto Buzz exactly where you would expect it to be based on where he's standing. Yeah, the the multiple... If you look at the pictures, you also can see why people say the multiple light source theory. Yes. You know, that it's not yeah. just the sun as far as a light source in the pictures. You you yeah. can see what they're talking about. I mean, that's something that all yeah. you got to do is look at a couple pictures and you can kind of understand why people think that. Yeah, you totally can. That and the sea rock and the the target thing, the crosshairs, it looks it's like pretty plain, like, oh wow, it looks like there's a real problem here. One of my favorite ones was, you know, that if they didn't land on the moon, then the thought was that they used Stanley Kubrick to direct the yep. the moon landing. Right. Because of what he had just recently released, you know, in 2001 Space Odyssey, and that it was filmed in, in like, Area 51 or something. Uh, um, well, uh, have you heard the one about if you kind of match up some of the Google Earth terrain of Area 51, it does match oh, no. some of oh, the really? pictures? I mean, it, I can see that, too. I mean, there's something yeah. there. Yeah, I haven't. They said there's one feature in particular that kind of matches up perfectly. The interesting theory I saw was that uh, the shining itself is Mm -hmm. the entire thing is like an allegory or uh, him trying to come out about the secret. Uh, Room 237 is the room that they can't go in, and the moon is 237,000 miles from the Earth. Uh, The little boy is wearing that Apollo 11 sweater in the movie. And after he comes out of room 237, it's all tattered and torn up and stuff. Um, so there's, I think there's a whole documentary about it called Room 237. You know, like any conspiracy theory, one of the arguments against it, staple argument, is that not all those people could not have kept it a secret for all those years and that yeah there's four hundred thousand people for about a decade right Um, there wasn't even a conspiracy theory lower was there as anyone no one has no one has ever come out that worked on it and said anything but uh what about the wasn't there a guy like brian o'leary wasn't that his name that worked on it and there was also an engineer like a safety engineer that was very critical of it at the time and said that there was like a 0% chance that it would be successful. And then like a couple months later, he got hit by a train, which seems oh. <laughs> that doesn't, that's not a normal way to go for a safety engineer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Irony. Yeah. The conspiracy th- people will say that like, you didn't need that many people to keep a secret because everyone was working on it. So broken up and, you know, here and there and, Nobody knew the whole picture kind of a thing. Yeah, because, I mean, you're only um, going to know your piece of it, you know. Yeah, so that's their argument on that. And I heard Bill Nye, and I hadn't heard this from anybody else, but he goes, someone asked him about it, and he goes, so you're telling me, he goes, after this, after the space program was done or whatever, there's, he goes, there's warehouses full of paperwork. 
that were created from this project. He goes, there's literally warehouses full of paperwork. You're telling me that they faked the moon landing and created warehouses full of paperwork to cut for this? The amount of work that it would have to be done just to make it look like it was... Why would they do that? Covering your ass, baby. <laughs> I also like the passion that uh, Buzz Aldrin has for anyone trying to tell him that yep. it's a hoax. <laughs> yeah, so the guy's name is Bart Stree- Bart Sebrel or Sebrel, and he was walking around to all the astronauts with a Bible, uh, asking them to put their hand on the Bible and swear that they went to the moon and nobody will do it. <laughs> and then there's a video of Buzz Aldrin punching him in the face. He lands a Whoa. solid hit. Yeah. It's like in 2002. Buzz was old, and it's like a solid punch in the face. Old. Buzz he Aldrin rears- is a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't Buzz, yeah, doesn't Buzz Aldrin, doesn't he believe in UFOs? Doesn't he back the UFO stuff? Well, I don't know. I thought he I'd might. heard that about him. I know. He stands there like an old man. He like rears back and like, bam. <laughs> <laughs> pretty awesome his biography he came out with a biography um that was really con- not i don't want to say controversial but it, it was like before his biography came out like the astronauts were all were all pictured as like these true american heroes that never did anything wrong and his biography detailed like all these adulterous affairs they were having and all the trouble they would kind of get into and talked about his his alcoholism and everything else and he was one of the things he said was that the lunar the landing of the shuttle smelled like farts because of the uh, it, said, it said it smelled so much like farts inside there um, and it couldn't escape. There was something scientific about the fart smell in there. They didn't yeah. have any spray. Can... <laughs> <laughs> any Febreze? We can we can put a man on the moon, but we can't control fart smell, huh? So after they landed, you know, the United States obviously wanted to use this as a big PR deal, and they took them on like a thirty-eight country tour. Mm-hmm. And the astronauts were like really awkward, um, pretty awkward guys. Like they're not, the reason why they're astronauts is is because they're not like spokesman type people, you know, but especially Neil Armstrong, he was just kind of a, like somebody said, it looks like he was on trial during the tour, the way he answered questions. Mm. Um, and I think it's in Buzz's book that they really began to like resent the United States government for making them do this as like a propaganda machine. I've, I've heard that from Neil Armstrong that he didn't, like all the attention because he f- didn't feel like he really did anything you know I, I i've heard a lot of interviews and he he does seem like a very quiet and humble guy and just doesn't want you know i think he wants the attention to be on the accomplishment and right. it to be shared with the thousands of people that worked on it and yeah. not focused on you know a few people how did he win the win the chance to be the first to walk did they do like rock rock paper scissors or I don't know. Did you ever hear that, Nate? I don't, I don't know. I know Buzz was a, a front runner at one point. Um, I don't know if that's ever really been explained. I think they I just talked. They I think they just talked it. about. I think the astronauts just talked about it between each other, and they just picked him to do it. So Neil barely. You can see there's a video of him like a year before the launch, barely surviving a test mm-hmm. flight, and he he like ejects like seconds before the thing goes down in flames i think that kind of put him ahead like they thought oh wow he can really handle himself in this type of situation i think buzz's buzz's dad was like a general like a famous military something and he went on this big publicity tour to try and persuade everybody to let him go first 
didn't work, obviously. I was, had a thought, Nate, um, about what you said earlier, and that the space race to beat the Russians. And, yep. you know, why ha- why did Russia never put a person on the moon? Um, they were they were way ahead of us uh, in terms of even getting getting something in space with Sputnik and then actually putting something in the orbit of the moon. Why would they abandon that? I, I don't know. Uh, that's one thing that always turns through my mind. Which I think gives credence to the hoax side. I had read something from a Russian scientist who worked on their space program, and he said they knew the manpower it would take. They knew the financial aspect of it, and their biggest fear was the radiation. I mean, they mm, yeah. the, their fear of the radiation through the Van Allen belt. I mean, they didn't think that a human could survive the trip. Have you guys ever seen a rocket launch? No. No, not live. I haven't seen it in person. Uh, we have a timeshare over, it's probably 45 minutes from the Space Center, maybe a half hour. And we were doing uh, mini golf one night and we look up and we could see, uh, it was like a SpaceX rocket launch. It was awesome. I mean, wow. it was just an awesome thing to see. I was going to say, I was in Florida and we were at this restaurant out on the patio and there was a rocket launch scheduled that day, but I'd forgotten about it. And everybody else in my group, me and Jenny were facing one way and everybody else was facing the other way. And it happened and we were, had our backs turned to it. That is so, it's like, we turned around, we're like, what is it? What is it? And they're like, you didn't know the thing was just launching just now. (laughs) I crossed my arms and turned my back towards rocket launches. Oh, there's one more little conspiracy that I didn't cover, which I liked, which was a a lady in Australia named Una Ronald. She claimed that while watching the moon landing on TV, she saw a Coca-Cola bottle roll across the the moon landing site. Oh, I read that. And, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, and she claims that it was in a paper as well, and there's no proof that it was ever in a paper, but it's just an interesting little... It'd, probably it'd be awesome if like, there's, a, there's a boom mic visible. Like, <laughs> uh, I want to get that out of shot. Or there's a guy in the background that like drops to the floor and army crawls across the back of the screen. That's <laughs> a good one, I saw one thing that was really interesting. It was, uh, they were trying to find out why some people believe in conspiracy theories and others don't. And they had this little picture, this little video, and it looks like it's from the 50s or something. It was a triangle, and there were two dots. And then there was this little box with an opening in the box. And the triangle was essentially chasing these two little dots to try and get them in this box. And the dots fought back against the triangle, and then they cornered it in the box. And the triangle came back and was pushing against them. Anyway, they're like, okay, so that looks like it's telling a story of this triangle being the bully. Now, the more you believe that that is actually, you interpret that as a story, the more likely you are to believe in conspiracy theories. The less Hmm. likely you are, the less likely you are to believe in conspiracy theories. Because their basic argument is like, there is no story there. It's just shapes on a page moving around, but you interpret it as a story because that's how the human brain works. And there are certain people that interpret things as those types of stories stronger than others. And that's a correlation with conspiracy theories. There's also 
if people are isolated socially, like this one guy has a speech that says conspiracy theories are for losers. And he's like, it's not, I'm not trying to make fun of them, but like literally they're losers in like society or they're outcasts or they're more isolated. They tend to gravitate towards conspiracy theories, like do from you, a psychological do you think standpoint. The, the cool kids ever sit around and talk about the moon landing hoax? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, they do. Podcasters will, but I don't know about like ex prom kings, if there's a lot of them talking about the moon landing hoax <laughs> after football practice. Yeah. As far as conspiracy theories, I feel like the moon landing hoax has more legs than other ones. Like you said, there's people that believe in vampires. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, give me one shred of evidence for a vampire. But for the moon landing hoax, people can say, okay, well, there's this and there's this. I mean, there's things that are scientific. There's pictures. There's things that can be, you know, proven or disproven, but there's at least evidence for the moon There's at least hoax. a picture of a rock with a C on it that you can kind of go, what is that? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is that. Yeah. Like if yeah. you, uh, if you slow down, is it, if you slow down the footage that it just looks like them running and occasionally jumping, you know, yeah. or you speed it up. I think that the claim is that it's been slowed down. Okay. It's been slowed down. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, but if you speed it up, it looks like, and you play yakety sax behind it, like Nate likes to do. You can do, awesome. if you got, if you do that with anything, it's better. Yeah. And there's a video of them like falling down a lot. That's come out recently. That's pretty funny to watch uh, in high speed. If you watch them running around and falling over all the time on the moon, it's pretty funny. I like the guy that was left in the in the lunar unit to fly around the moon and go around the dark side of the moon and wait for the guys down there. That guy's journal, I guess, is really interesting. He talks about how like his life, his biggest fear is that something's going to happen to those guys and he has to leave them. He yeah. says, my whole life will be marked with that. I'll never recover. Um, it's really almost philosophical as he's writing his journal as he, as they do that. He's the farthest any human has ever been from another human on the other side of the moon, um, isolated. He is the, like the only human that didn't get to see it live because he didn't have it broadcast to him or anything like that. He was on the other side of the moon. You know what he found on the dark side of the moon? Uh, Transformers. Good or music. An, an album. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's yeah. the best I can do on short notice. I know that I'm geared and even motivated towards pushing against uh, conspiracy theories. There's probably even reasons why I do that maybe are even even aren't right. I'm just driven by that. So um, so rate yourself. So I'm like a two out of a ten and a believer in a conspiracy theory. I'm anti. I'm I'm anti conspiracy theory. Okay. Have you always been a two? No. Uh, I used to like think Bigfoot and all that. I thought it was fascinating and interesting. I'm interested by the science of proving hoaxes false. I yeah. think that's interesting. I'm interested in the psychology of it, why people believe it. It's interesting to think of all the th- things that sort of manipulate and control the way we think. Like I live in a very liberal uh, city in a liberal state, and my views have become more liberal over time. And I would pro- maybe if I lived in a more conservative area, my views would become more conservative. Uh, I think it's just important to to understand the impact, the things that impact the way we think and be self-aware.
about you, Matt? Uh, I'm probably a little further down the spectrum, probably about a four. Uh, you know, there's just there's some of the things that just seem odd or too coincidental, or so I, I give it a little bit more credence than I should probably. Um, yeah. Plus, you know, with the, it's not that I don't trust. I you know I trust the government, uh, especially because I think, especially nowadays, uh, back yeah. you know so back in the, the past, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it might have been easier to hide things in the past, but now yeah. you can't hide anything in government anymore. Uh, it's going to come out yeah. uh, with the press. You know, the press does such a good job of exposing exposing things now. Yeah, that is one technological advance that I love is uh, the the press. I mean, more things get out there. And yeah, I know there's a lot of fake news, stuff like that. But I just, I like all the different angles of news and then let people decide, you right. know. I will say like the Mueller report that came out, mm-hmm. my brain wanted to believe that there was something more there than the Mueller report had. And so I had some cognitive dissonance to work through because it was like, really, that's all it, I think there's stuff there, but it's not like this huge reveal. And I know that my brain, because I'm anti-Trump, wanted more. And so you have to kind of be self-aware and realize your own cognitive dissonance and be willing to adjust and change to what reality is. As far as myself, I'll say maybe I'm a 6 out of 10. I was going to say 5, but honestly, when I hear a conspiracy, I like to read about it and think about it and see if there's validity to it. So I want to believe in some of these things, but if if there's no proof there, there's no proof there. It's just a case-by-case thing. Like with the moon landing, there there are things there. And then with Bigfoot, there's nothing there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you just got to take them case by case and it is so hard to change a strongly held belief it takes like a couple years to really change a strongly held belief so if you're arguing with someone that believes something strongly even if you think you have facts um like it's it's not their brain just can't change like that it just doesn't work and for anyone it just is a process yeah like when Um, you said that there's like when i said show me the pictures and you said there's pictures the first thing I'm going to do when this is over is go find those Let's pictures. Go look. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then that, if, if I believe those to be factual, that will make up my mind, you know, and then that'll right. be a case closed. To to deny factual information, I mean, that's just kind of silly. But then it was also it's also like when we're talking about it as friends, and let's say we disagree on something. I I feel weird saying, "Oh, here's this whole mountain of facts and evidence." And every time you bring something up, oh, here's another mountain of evidence and facts. I don't know. It's just a weird, I don't think that's even the right way to approach it is to try and overwhelm someone with all these facts that you found or something online. Um, You can get, there's a certain arrogance there that doesn't work. It doesn't help people. And you could, I could even be wrong with my facts and stuff. Yeah, I just pull it off the internet with a, myself. With almost anything in life, it's just the delivery. It's the delivery yeah. of the information is more, you know. Yeah. If if someone can deliver the information to someone else in a, a correct way, then it's, you know, but then it's on the person to getting that information to have an open mind, you know. They should bring yeah. back the uh, singing telegram to deliver the news. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they should. Like yeah. in Ferris Bueller's. Yeah. Because yes. I'm the nurse that likes to and they slam the door. <laughs> Thank you.
Something else we didn't cover that happened this week in history at the same time was the Chappaquiddick yep. uh, conspiracy, which I, I love that one too. I've studied that one. It's a fascinating thing too. Oh, you you think that's a conspiracy, huh? <laughs> Ah, okay. That one I'm like a nine out of ten on. So, <laughs> what do you what do you think happened, Chavaquitic? Uh, well, I think he uh was drunk and crashed off a bridge and let her drown and didn't report it to police till what is it, ten hours later? Yeah, ten hours later. It, there's a lot of uh, things that don't add up with that whole story, but it is. It's crazy. I think what happened was she. Uh, got drunk and and a friend of her helped her out to the back seat of the car to lay down because she was getting away from the party it was too loud he went out with another girl in the car they drove off the bridge got out and he he didn't know that she was in the back seat huh that's my theory okay. yeah. i yeah i've is that yeah. a theory you've read or you just came up with that i've i've read it and it's the focus of a of the latest podcast on it too um i forget what it was huh. called it was a really good one so she oh, was kind of uh, passed out in like a drunken Passed suit. out, right. And then the way she's positioned in the backseat of the car is it's really odd. And then once he, he seemed relaxed and normal until his friends came and, and they ran back and told him like she's missing. She might have been in the car. Then he starts freaking out and calls the police and whatever else. He's a Kennedy, so maybe he took two women. Yeah, exactly. And he could only Could've rescue been. one. So, you know, it's like Sophie's choice. He's got to, he can only <laughs> rescue one. And All right, guys. Well, you want to talk about anything else with the moon landing? No, I'm excited about next Friday, though, because uh, we got we have some big carpenter ants. So, called the bug guy. He's coming next oh, Friday. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I, I have to get. Uh, I'll I'll get some more info on what what he's. Pick his brain. Before. Like, I just want to know, like, what else he like. What What are his hopes and dreams? What are his <laughs> hobbies? I want to know. Okay. I I will do my best. Yeah. I feel like there's multiple bugs? layers to the bug guy. Do you bring bugs into the house just just so you can call on that? I was really excited when Sybil found some ants because I was like, yes, because he comes like they come quarterly, but they just came a little bit ago. So I was like, ah, he's like, uh, Matt, this bug's not even native to Florida. You, <laughs> you need yeah. to keep uh, nurturing this friendship because I want him on someday. But yeah, yeah. I would love, I'd love to get him on, but I, I just think that he might think we're making fun of him. Some, some people tend to not like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it's it's not a true reverence and love. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to the Think Funny Podcast uh, for Aaron Donnelly and Nate Sadler and Matt Donnelly. Uh, thanks, everybody, and we'll see you guys next week. Oh, you, you think that's a conspiracy, huh? <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs>